Staple shows a special in-person edition. Ralph Russo from the Associated Press randomly showed up in my town, and now he's sitting in the passenger seat of my truck, and we're doing a podcast together. It is strange who you find in Gainesville, on the on the outskirts of Gainesville every once in a while. Yeah, you know, just um, part business, part pleasure trip to Florida. Decided to uh, take a little detour through Gainesville to see some folks and happened to run into Andy. I do appreciate that you call it Florida, like, uh, like some of... <laughs> Our, uh, our, you know, part-time residents like to call it. <laughs> We're going down to Florida, Del Boca Vista Phase 2. To a certain degree, my exposure to this state is, is, is like everybody else's from the Northeast. My parents moved down here. Of course. Now, now they didn't move that far south. Uh, they're farther south than Gainesville. Yep. And eventually I will be at their place and I will be kicking back. And I, I'm not going to have very good pool weather this week, but I'm going to be able to relax a little bit in Florida. Like we're, most, New we're told the sun do. may come out Wednesday, but apparently this place has turned into a, a 25 degrees warmer Michigan. Apparently, it's still nicer than it was in New York, and I, I can I didn't have to bring my heavy coat down, so I'm happy to be here in your in your very cool truck, by the way, Andy. Oh well, you know we we, we try. I got my dog seat in the back, and we're, we're we're ready to go. This is, but this is I I intentionally when i bought this i was like can i do everything i need to do in this thing can i do radio i have done radio shows in this truck don't tell don't tell the bosses at uh at sirius xm <laughs> i haven't done it lately so don't fire me guys uh but yes i i feel like it's it's the mobile studio we we actually could have set up the camera and recorded this for for the youtube channel but we we didn't but Ralph, there's a lot going on right now, and I, I wanted to get your take on it because uh, David Ubbin and I talked about the, the Auburn job a lot for, for the episode that came out on Monday, but this is a, a crazy situation. You know, you cover the whole country as well. You don't live in SEC country, so you're not maybe not as jaded as, as someone like me who, when they look at this, they go, oh, what's his recruiting rankings? Oh, they're not good. Oh, got to go. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's a very complex situation. Auburn put out a statement uh, a few hours ago now saying that they're they're digging into stuff and and basically we will not make any decisions based on social media posts or media stories <laughs> and like okay good i'm glad you're not but are you sure that that <laughs> sure strikes me as we're trying to dig up something to get out of a buyout listen as soon as the president on friday speaking to the yes trustees, to the board to the board yeah used the word decision to be made like that's a massive red flag. Right, you're admitting because, there's a decision to be made. Right, like yeah. simply admitting that you're making a decision off a coach who's had one year is startling. And as you said, listen, I understand that this doesn't look great. Like from from the moment this hire was made, you kind of went, mm, is this going to fit? Is this going to be the right? Is this going to be a, a good fit for Auburn? And they don't have a t- particularly great season and the recruiting doesn't look wonderful. But to bail out after one year with an $18 million price tag also seems to me sort of waving your dysfunctional flag to the point where aren't you just also undercutting your program to a certain degree? Like, how do you portray yourself as a program where, hey, come here and let you me, will let be me, successful? Let me ask you this, Ralph. Is there anything Auburn could do that would change that reputation right now? 
Well, I, it's not like people don't know Auburn's dysfunctional. It's Auburn. No, I understand that. But listen, I mean, at a certain point, I think what becomes startling is it just, you know, if if you told me any other business was about to spend upwards of you know nearly $60 million over the course of barely, barely a full year, what, 16 months? was going to put out $50 million worth of buyouts for people to not work. Oh, lots of dead you would, money. You would shut that business down. Yes. So there was also But what if it wasn't your money? No, well, <laughs> I, and I and I totally get that. It's not, you know people will tell well it's not coming from the state and you're right. Rich people are allowed to spend their money as foolishly as they want. That God bless America. I can't wait to spend money that foolishly. But at a certain point it, it just seems like it it becomes a somewhat irresponsible and b also detrimental to your program not just because of the illusion or the appearance of dysfunction but who is going to take this job? Now, listen, it's Auburn. Somebody will take the job, and it will probably be a pretty good coach. But at some point, the spin cycle of now we're going to turn the program over again. This is the other thing I'm thinking of. There are players on this roster who like Harson. Yes. How many of them end up in the portal? What oh, is your, you absolutely risk that. Like, what does your roster look like next year, and what does the next guy have to build off of after you've just, like, basically burned your program to the ground well, in the all right, last let, let, let 16 me, months. Let me give you a counterpoint to this, but I, I agree with you because this is a very difficult situation. And, and what makes it exceedingly difficult is all of the stuff you just said is completely true. It severely limits your pool of candidates. You don't really know who's making the hire. you got an incoming president. You're, you're trying to push the AD out. Like There's a lot of problems with trying to make a hire right now. The other problem is if you keep Brian Harson. It's not going to get any better. So you know what that is, too, and that's not a desirable result either. So let me let me give you a, a an example. And this is obviously an extreme example. But Mike DuBose, Dennis Francione, Mike Price, Mike Shula, mm-hmm. all in very rapid succession. Right. Mike DuBose was fired in 2000. Mike Shula was fired in 2006. All of that happened. The next hire they made, and remember... People, there were no podcasts in in December 2006, but on ESPN, in the newspapers, on message boards, it was Alabama's never going to get out of its own way. Why in the world would anybody want to take that job? All it takes is one right hire, and it's over. I, I do understand that. But to a certain degree, you're you're chasing the dragon here, right? I mean, aren't you? Well, no, they're 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 busy getting eaten by the dragon, and they're trying to not <laughs> and right. let that happen anymore. And but I I think it goes back to where this all started, which was the decision to fire Gus, right? Yes. With the idea that we will do better, right? And and I, you keep trying to emphasize to people that there is a better chance you will do worse. The, yes, and and they didn't think about that, and. When they made this hire, that that should have been the guiding principle. Well, it actually shouldn't have been the guiding principle. And I hate relitigating this because there's nothing anybody can do about it now. Sure, it happened. Sure. But we've seen a situation like this. We, we saw a situation where a coach was, you know, objectively doing okay, but the fan base was not happy enough. The, the administration wasn't happy enough. And that would be Kevin Sumlin at Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. And we saw that. And, and, you know, there were times when I think they – we're probably doing some of this stuff. It just never got out. And he kept his job until they had the guy on the hook who they were convinced was better, and it was Jimbo Fisher, and he's probably better. I don't know how much better, 
but he's probably as good or better. Here, here's the problem where where we are now, as opposed to where we were in the early 2000s, where when Alabama went through its cycle. Yeah, we're at a point now where coaching changes are quite literally meant to create short-term buzz. Yes. Oh, like, oh 100%. It, it is a way of injecting your pro- – because I didn't necessarily have a problem with them firing Gus. I thought, you know what, the Gus thing has probably run its course, and maybe it's time just to sort of bring some new blood in. And they could conceivably – Auburn could conceivably get another Gus, which is you're going to have some spikes, you're going to be able to beat – uh, uh, Alabama every once in a while, and maybe you catch lightning in the bottle and win a national championship. Like that is possible at Auburn, so you might be able to get another Gus. But what you're doing is sort of just injecting the program with a little life after you feel it's gotten musty. But I will say this that is not a great way to do business. Simply saying, I'm going to change my coach because things have gotten stale around here. But that's what it's been. That's That's what it is in all of college football. And the other part of it is, the staleness and the and the negativity builds up even faster. Well, and I'll I'll, I'll tell you why this sort of happens, uh, or well, a reason why it can happen. I was talking to an athletic director last year when Florida was going through the what what do you do about Dan Mullen situation, and I asked this AD who, who you know does not work at Florida, obviously. Uh, I, I asked this person, okay, you have a choice here. Do you keep the person who's won some games but seems to have lost the fan base and have that nine months of existential dread before you play another game or do you make the change now and get the person that gets everybody excited and the, and the ad's like listen if i can have the same situation without nine months of bs i'll take it and and so that but so, th- th- it goes to the that point. That makes it that easy to make that firing decision, especially because it's not your. If you're good enough at talking someone into giving you some money, right. it's not your money. It's just a lot of short-term thinking, right? Making decisions that ostensibly should be long-term decisions. There are, and they're not ostensibly long-term decisions. Actually, they are truly long-term decisions because <laughs> right. that's what the contract says, right? Right. Because the right. contracts are not two, three, four right. years. They're five, six, seven, eight, nine yeah, years. Yeah. Brian now. Harson has five years left on his deal. The way his buyout works is half of it would be due, I believe, within the next few months, and then. The, the rest of it is split up in four equal annual installments. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there are no offsets, by the way. Right. So it's not even like he could go get another head coaching job. Like, let's say he goes back to the Mountain West. And then Which he absolutely would yeah. be able to. Yeah, would, and, and, and then you new, don't have to pay that. He would have a new job that. by 2023. And then you don't have to West. pay that other half of it, but you do. You do have to pay. Right. But that's the – it's it's they're just looking at, can I come up with that half right now? Mm-hmm. And it's really – you're right. It is very short-term thinking – but again, and this is the, the tricky part, if you keep him, does it get worse? So my question is, is there a way, because again, what you have said is it's not, or what, what Auburn has said is it is not going to get better. Right. And we have publicly basically said to everybody this. Right. Is and and, and we can, better. you know, in reality, what they've done is already ensured it will not get better That's through their own actions. Yeah. That's what I'm saying is the idea – like there was, there seemed to be no thought of is there a way we can help him be better? Is there a way we can help support him? Now, you can make the argument, and I think that you – you know, we you both sort of dug into it enough, especially you, to know that, yeah, it didn't seem like this was, this was coming back. 
But that means it goes all the way back to, and again, we're not relitigating whether they should have whether they should have hired Gus or excuse me, where they should have fired Gus and whether they should have hired Harson, it goes back to, to a certain degree dysfunction in process. Right. How did they hire Harson? Oh, they hired Harson through a power play between the AD president and the and the people who think they should be making right. you the had, decisions. Right, you had, you know, you had board members who wanted Kevin Steele named the coach a day after they fired Gus Malzahn. There was a power struggle, the president and the AD won, and the AD went and chose Brian Harson. Now, there, there were multiple but points. They, but they didn't actually win. They didn't really win. Right. The they won the short-term power right. struggle, but a year later, well, now they, that power well, struggle has but, not stopped. But they would have won it had they hired a better fit for the job. Now, Would they have won it if, if, if Tank Bigsby doesn't go out of bounds? I mean, Well, they, okay, this is, and, and that's know? interesting, too. You're right. If, Tank's big, if Tank Bigsby does not go out of bounds, we may not be having this conversation. Right. If Tank Bigsby entered the transfer portal when... It was rumored he would. Mm. We would have had this conversation a month and a half ago. That's a good point too. So that I mean, and and, and actually, the transfer portal part of it's interesting to me too, because part of this may also be that Brian Harson, in this environment of college football, and this is something that ads who made hires two three years ago probably didn't think about, mm. and and probably you wouldn't have expected them to think about it. Mm -hmm. But everybody's gonna have to think about it now. Are you running a program? that players want to stay in. And that's not just, are you soft on the players? That's, are you developing them? Do they feel... Because Alabama Georgia coach their players hard. Right. The and good it, players don't leave. Right. Like, right. I mean, this idea that you have to be a hard-ass to... To, you have to be a hard ass to have a good program, but what to, like define hard ass? Like you can be a hard ass as a coach and right. still be able to actually, you know, relate to players, show that you have that that you you provide value to them. Hey, this is a good place for you to be. Yeah, you know, whatever the way you you show love. Because they all use the word, you know. Right. They all they all say they love their player. Kirby Smart, I love my players, yep. love my players. However, it is you show it. If you can convince the players that yeah, I believe that whatever that whatever that looks like love, whatever love looks like to you, I feel like I am appreciated here, even though you're working me into the ground. Yeah, that's fine. And maybe, maybe that work whatever Harson's approach was does work at Boise because it was an established culture. We right. sort of knew where we were going here. You put a guy in a different part of the country with players who don't know him. Not only the other dynamic too, I found was probably interesting. First of all, let me dial one yeah, thing yeah. back, Andy. The idea that a new coach comes in and the roster turns over and there's a bunch of guys that don't like him, that is universal. That oh, yeah, all the time. everywhere. So, so the idea that 20 players, okay, that's a lot to end up in the transfer portal. That's a little much. But that, that's after the first season. It, so a lot of times that happens immediately. Without question. What I'm saying is like the, the roster turnover piece of this, to me, was not that alarming. Well, what's alarming is he's not getting not the same influx back Right. Through the portal, Lane but, Kiffin right. didn't have the greatest high school recruiting class in the world, but he picked up thirteen picked, transfers. Picked up a lot in the portal. It doesn't seem like, and, and that may be a conscious choice on Brian Harson's part, which also may have which been a miscalculation, a mistake, which is also a mistake on yeah. his part too. If that's the case, 
what I'm saying is the roster turnover wasn't necessarily something that to me screamed, oh, he's a bad right, some, guy. Right, because sometimes coaches want that roster turnover. Exactly. Yeah. And there are kids who immediately came out on social media and said, no, he's my coach. I oh, like yeah. it. I like it this way, which, again, brings me back to the point I made before of what does this team look like heading into next year? Now, I understand. You say, well, hey, we're, we're going to stink anyway next year. But at a certain point, like how deep does the hole get that you're digging? If you stink next year, how do you – because you mentioned this. I thought it was a great point in some of your writing. There's this great crop of recruits coming out of Alabama next year. Big year. And you can tell me, well, Hugh Freeze will do a better job. Whoever name you want will do a better job recruiting those kids. Are they going to recruit those kids better if Auburn goes 3-9 and next year? Right. And and really, results – the year before the the class signs, not always indicative of true. That's but fair. it's it's do they want do they like you now? Were they at your junior day now? They weren't. That at, that class may already yeah. be gone. And a lot of them a lot of them weren't at Auburn's junior day because because Auburn set its junior day I believe six weeks in advance and and a lot of schools do it months in advance. It happened to be the same day as Alabama's and guess where most of the people went. Right. Now it was the day of the Kentucky basketball game where. What a great day to be on Auburn's campus. So I can't blame them sure, for sure. that. But it's more important to get them there. If they're in Tuscaloosa, right. you needed them where you were. So, so this is a bad situation. And I can make a really good argument that it should end. Right. right. That this situation at Auburn should end. Uh, it just – I do just wonder if the overall dysfunction – just become you're just you're just signaling to everybody again again how deep the dysfunction is you don't know who's making the hire it just seems like a really rough position for Auburn to now dig themselves out of again when you know Alabama is still running on full speed and you know you can make fun of Brian Kelly's accent all you want but Brian Kelly knows I, how to go Bri- to program. Brian Kelly's gonna win at and, LSU and look at what yeah. Jimbo's doing and to simply that's the other part of it like in the SEC though it's so competitive in the West now to fall behind a little is to fall behind a lot. Right. And, and quickly and, fall And that's the behind. thing, because Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and Arkansas are all very competently run and right now. Yeah. And that is a that is a problem if, if you are anybody in the West who slips a little bit. Because Sam Pittman knows what he's doing. Lane Kiffin seems to know what he's doing. Mike Leach has won big right. for years and years and years and years. So... I think that's that's the issue that they're looking at. They are staring down the barrel of, oh, God, what if we're number seven now? Yeah. Do we or don't we make this move? We have pro- I, I do think they have – but they have backed themselves into, a, I think, a little bit of damned I, if we do, damned if we don't. Uh, yeah. But you never know. We'll spin the wheel on the coach. We'll spin the coach wheel, and maybe we, we yep. come up with a jackpot. You never know when you get lucky. You never know when you're going to fire Tommy Bowden and the receivers coach with the funny name <laughs> is going to be an all-time great coach. It just happens sometimes. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Ralph, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about... uh... Miami as well. While, mm-hmm. while you're here in the Sunshine State, I, I mentioned this on on Monday's show. Where you know, 
in the middle of the season when when Tyler Van Dyke is is hitting on all cylinders and it looks like they're, they're doing much better. I thought Manny Diaz might keep his job and and but Miami decided they wanted to jump into the pool. They wanted to try to compete for national titles in the way you have to compete for national titles in this era, which is spend money on the coach, spend money on the assistants. They seem like they are doing exactly what they said they were setting out to do. Do you think that pays off immediately? Do you think that takes a few years to to get where they want it to go? My guess is it probably has to take a, at least a couple of years just because you'd probably need a couple yeah, of Yeah, I mean, not, not to say national champions, but yeah. immediate kind of upsurge. So, so I, I think it could, and, and it actually opens the door to, a, to, a, to a, an interesting conversation of it's not about Mario. Right. It's not about Mar- Mario Cristobal, right? It, I, I think we need to start moving, and maybe it does reflect back on the Auburn conversation a little bit, is that to a certain degree we need to get away from coach as savior. Right. And it's more. this is why when people say, do you think Lincoln Riley is going to do well? I think Lincoln Riley is a smart guy. I think all the other things that USC has done mm-hmm. or seems prepared to do, we'll see if it works yeah. out, seems prepared to do as Miami seems prepared to do. So is Mario the savior? I don't know. I think what's important is they have presented the blueprint to Mario that makes it say what you did it what you were doing at Alabama, we are going to try to do that. Right. Here. And and so this is what Mario when Mario got the Oregon job, he uh he went to Rob Mullins, who's the AD, and he he showed him the org charts at Alabama and Georgia and said, I'm going to need this. If you'd like national titles, I'm going to need this. So Oregon was working on that. I know everybody thinks that Phil Knight can just write a check and make that happen, but Rob Mullins had to work very hard to raise money. They don't have the kind of money that the SEC schools have or that Clemson has. They 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 had to. It's the difference between right. a sixty thousand seat stadium and, right. and frankly, right. frankly hundred thousand. And they seat had to work stadium. on that, and they weren't quite there yet. Miami said, "All right, we've not historically spent like this on football, but I guarantee you, Mario Cristobal's not there unless they said we can give you that." Right, and that's my point. So if they have committed to that. What's the other piece of the puzzle you have to have? The most important piece. We well, have to have players. Yeah. You have to be near players. And, 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 location, and, location, and, location. Yep. And, and, the, and the first piece of that is, do you have a quarterback? And he's got a quarterback at Miami. So he's got a quarterback. He is near players. And they are committed to spend. So, yes, this could maybe look good. Far, um, bringing Josh Gaddis in. Right? Yeah. Bringing possibly, it looks like Kevin Steele in. Yeah. I don't know if that's been a lot. <laughs> Assuming in. Auburn doesn't hire him as the head coach right. tomorrow. I don't, right. I, I mean, who knows? There's a lot of, there's a lot of things still in motion. Yeah. But when you start doing those things, it does signal to me. And, and another very important point with Miami, what's our neighborhood look like? Well, our mm-hmm. neighborhood right now, and your neighborhood is your division is a Virginia Tech program that has been a little lost in the weeds. Yeah, and we'll see what Brent Pry can do. In transition. A North Carolina program that the results don't look great, but could be coming. The infrastructure, again, North Carolina made an infrastructure commitment when they hired Mac Brown. And it's not to the level, because Miami says they're spending what Clemson is spending, Mm -hmm. or or at least that they've hinted at that. We don't know that. It's a private school. We can't get contracts. But... If they are, that means they will be probably spending what North Carolina is spending or more. Mm-hmm. And so the question is, can they catch up? 
Yeah, to me, the it's and again, like the 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 short term, yes. I think there's a lot of ways you can be promising in the short term if you're Miami with Crystal Ball because of the neighborhood you're in and simply the influx of money, influx of assisting coaches. You have a quarterback there. You actually have some other pieces and players there that were high end. That's the reason why they almost kept Manny, right? Right, they, exactly. Because they were afraid some of those good yeah, players. Yeah, they had some good players. That, that's, that, that monster safety Williams it, yeah. it is. Yeah, they were afraid some of these guys were going to leave. So, But I'm more concerned with the long term. And that's what I am interested in the long term. And it's Miami, it's USC. Maybe there's a couple of other programs out there. But the reason why the Miami situation and the USC situation excite me is I want to know, can you build an SEC championship level program and people, oh, the SEC. No, no, no. There's a way it looks like in the SEC. Yeah, with what the roster looks like. And and I will I will answer that. You can. Because Clemson has because done Clemson it. Clemson does it. Ohio, Ohio State, State does it every so year. So who else can? But, but right. you know, again, there's only so many of those players out there and the SEC gets a lot of them. Right. So how, how many of these programs can you build outside the SEC? Because that changes the dynamic of the entire country if there is a right, real... those leagues... Yes, improve those. They, those those schools have a chance to lift the boats around them in those leagues. It has a chance to change the dynamic of the sport from the national at the mm-hmm. elite Agreed. national championship level. But Andy, I'm not sure it can be done. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that USC is trying to do it and is making the commitment. It is interesting to me that Miami is trying to do it and making the commitment, but I'm still skeptical it can be done simply because this SEC monster, hey, man, I want to be in the SEC. I just want to be in the SEC. The SEC is, is it's like a, it, it's just self-perpetuating well, that, growth that's, at this Well, that's point. what I keep saying about Oklahoma because everybody's like, how's Oklahoma going to compete in the SEC? They're going to get better. They're going to get better players because they're they're in the SEC. Like, and Brent Venables knows that because he's been recruiting against those schools from outside the league at one of the few places that could. But there's only so many to go around, and Oklahoma is the farthest away from them. True, Missouri. Missouri is farther. But yes, no. I mean, I think. But the thing is, to your point, because of where USC is and because of where Miami is, right? It's doable. I, I think so. I do think so, but I think we're going to find out. I mean, I think the interesting thing is, like, what could stand in the way? Could the SEC monster just be too big and there are still kids who are going like, yeah, yeah, what you got here at, at, at Coral Gables is great, but, man, I, I want to be in the SEC. I don't want to play Georgia Tech. I want to play Georgia. I, I, it's, it's a good question. Now, also, as as the playoff expands, I think we will see – Maybe more good non-conference games. See that that may be less of a a factor. Very possible. If you can load up your schedule and you have those premier games, and you, I, I always bring up Tom Izzo, but if you can Tom Izzo your schedule, basically, right? Like it, it's okay. It I think you will be able to 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 overcome that. But no, I, I think that I hadn't and, thought of it and, that and way, also, just in terms of. It's of, also the competitiveness on campus too, right? Because yeah. I, I remember talking for a story I did before the championship game of like, how do you build a Georgia roster? Well. The players keep coming because they want to practice against each other, and that's what USC did. Right. I mean, the Pete Carroll I, USC, USC teams are, are a great example of yeah. that. But yeah. yeah, I, I, and it would be more. I just think that would be more fun. I'm with you. I think it'd be a lot more fun. Hopefully, that's that's how it works. I mean, it, so you chatted with, with Scott Strickland at Florida today, mm-hmm. and he's sort of in the same boat though because they're dealing with the monster that is Georgia. They're dealing with with Alabama on the other side, and they have to play LSU every year. They are. 
doing essentially the same thing Miami is doing, except probably coming from a little bit further ahead mm -hmm. to do it, where they're trying to build all this infrastructure. Billy Napier's hired all these people with really weird titles, and we don't entirely know so what many, they all do. So many titles. I, I, yes, so I, many titles. I, I saw the the nutritionist put out her athletes of the week for the Gators. This this, and I, I was like, what does that mean? Does that mean you made good food choices? Does that mean you you, you didn't have any cake for dessert? I, like I don't know what that means. So. You're all about good food choices. You could have been the athlete of the week these days. You are Ralph all just, about good food Ralph choices. Ralph just watched me eat a beet, beaten goat cheese salad. So. It was, I did uh, have the quiche of the day, though. But it was still, it was a very reasonable... Let's put it this way. You and I ate the same amount. <sighs> did you ever think At you'd lunch? see a day? I mean, I can eat. I'm not trying to say, yeah. like, make yeah. myself look... But, but yeah. no, it was, uh, it, was an it, was a, it was definitely the dawning of a new day, Andy. Yeah, well, we'll we, we've unveiled the new body on Twitter, so we can we, we can we'll see how long it lasts. I, I I have faith that I can make it last this time. I, I weighed in this morning, two twenty point four. That is the lowest I have weighed since I was a junior in high school. Wow, that would be a lot more than I have ever managed I, to pack on. Well, I'm a little taller. You are a bigger. You, know, you are much. You are a bigger. I'm dude big bound. You are a big bone dude. But but we will see where where this. <laughs> We will see where this goes because I never thought I would get down here. Never. I thought it would be impossible. Wow. And well, so. Good job. Like, I don't see any reason why. Because I'm not. What you you saw me eat lunch. Like, that mm -hmm. was a nice, reasonable lunch. Yeah, I'll probably have, you know, some fish and some vegetables for dinner. Uh, it's, it's not going to be anything mm -hmm. extravagant. But. I'm just sort of going where my body takes me here. I'm not not starving myself, and I'll, I've always thought that that was the way to do it. Now, again, I don't want to make like humble brag. Like, I have never had to do a lot of diet. What Ralph stuff. is saying is Ralph is ripped. No, that's like, not true. Oh yeah, that no. is not true. He's that is not true. Six pack, but no, all of it. Not anymore. You name it. Fifty, but but you're right. Like so the idea of like oh eating with moderation and things along those lines. I always felt felt like the the problem with when you do diets from the outside looking in is like how how do you like like you're you're sort of making yourself this is suffer. not a diet right yeah. there's no that's got to be like sort of a yeah. change in there, lifestyle there is no number on the scale goal for me yeah, right now and you can't like and you can't put yourself in a situation where you're sort of like laboring through each day like that just doesn't seem like a, a oh, reasonable yeah. existence well and that's and that's been the problem so i have had m multiple more than 50 pound weight losses where i have put it all back on and then some that you could even put that much weight on. It's it, it's easier than you think, but in in both cases there was a number, mm -hmm. and I hit the number, and I was like, "Well, I'm done. I can eat again," <laughs> and it doesn't work that way. I hate I hate to say it. So I I, I know this turned into a uh, a, a diet podcast. Well, well hey, before we were turn, talking about the Gators, but before we it's turn true. Your, before we turn your car back into a car away from a studio and back into a car. Um, what did you think of the Michigan end of the Gaddis, uh, a Gaddis league? Because you know, Michigan gets its head coach back. We yep. thought that that wasn't going to happen, but then it did happen. But now they're down two coordinators, yep. and there was a lot of talk that if Harbaugh did leave, maybe Gaddis would be the head coach there. You know, I think after, after the after uh, uh, Michigan was eliminated by Georgia. Mm -hmm. Harbaugh now famously said, "This is just the start." Something to the extent right, that right, this right. is the start. This is the start. It doesn't quite feel like it's the start now. It feels like we're starting over again. I have I have uh, two thoughts on this, and they may seem disparate. Okay. So the first one is, if I were Ward Manual, I would not have given Jim Harbaugh another penny. I would have said, 
you you just lost your leverage when the Vikings didn't offer you the job. Uh, you have a contract. Please come coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we'll we'll just deal with it. It's not the way this business works, yeah. though. Offensively, I I think he can promote the QBs coach and be fine. It does sound like uh, it's Weiss. Weiss, yeah, provided Weiss. he doesn't go back to the NFL, but. And there's a couple of other guys on that staff who apparently, you know, Hart and right, Moore, Mike who, Hart, who, are, yeah. who are fairly, yeah. Sharon Moore, who are pretty, pretty well respected. Yeah. So the idea that, like, hey, listen, it's a full staff, you collaborate on the offense. There seems yeah, to be I, the I'm not as worried about that. And, and the defensive coordinator thing, listen, when Mike McDonald went there, it sure looked like Big Bro is, or well, which one's older? Is Jim or John? Jim's older. Oh, okay. Jim's older. Little Bro was, was, helping was, was donating, was donating a guy and then seeing if he could call plays. Right, right. So and, that was probably going to be a short-term thing, and they yeah. brought Elston over. Now, I guess Mike Elston is the coordinator after yeah. coming from no. We'll, we'll see. I mean, so, but here's the, here's the thing. You talk about, and it's funny because it, it kind of goes back to the Harson thing. Like, you keep Harson. What do you do? With Harbaugh, after all this has happened with the NFL, I'm not as worried about what happens with him doing the job. No, that's If that true. makes sense. Because you know he can do the if job. He, if he took what happened last year mm-hmm. getting his pay cut in half all of that and kind of acrimonious situation if he took that and won a big 10 i'm not worried about him actually doing the job because he seems like the kind of like he's he's a different guy we've all we've all said that a million times that he could just move on from this and and just throw himself back in a- and he not to the extent that we that a lot of people held him or the that a lot of people wanted him to and not to the level that a lot of the standard he has been held to, but he can do this job because we've seen him do yes, this we know job he can do for the job. seven years. Now, again, he I don't think we are at the start of Michigan is now eye-to-eye. It's very obvious. We are not at a new era where Michigan is going to beat Ohio State right. regularly. It might be another couple I, of years. I also don't worry about him as much in recruiting because, one, he's proven he can do the job. Yeah. Two, a lot of people just want to go to Michigan. That's a good point. And and I think that's <laughs> the school sells itself in a lot of ways, so that that helps you. I think things will be fine. There's always been a high level churn for him because he's not an easy guy to work for. If you look back his history as a head coach, it, it involves a lot of turnover. It just it just it just weird that Michigan came out of this unbelievable year with so much good feeling, and then the Harbaugh thing happens, and then Gaddis leaves, and all of a sudden. I can I can see Michigan fans kind of going well, like that was fun while it lasted. Well, if I'm Mel Tucker, I'm rubbing my hands together. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Now, but but you got to like That's the more interesting if, rivalry. If, I mean, yeah. I know Michigan fans don't want to hear this. It's oh, but the Michigan so much Michigan more rivalry yes. right now is the really interesting because I you know listen, uh, you're right. Mel Tucker's got to be like, oh man, I'm 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 ready I'm ready to go to war here, but I'm not sure how that one's going to well, play Mel, out. Mel Tucker's got a lot of pressure on him. I mean that. That contract's great. That's what I'm it's saying. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of security, but it's also a lot of pressure. Jim Harbaugh's got a lot bigger track record than Mel Tucker. We can we can bash Harbaugh all we want, but yeah. Harbaugh's got a much better track record than Mel Tucker. So we'll for, see the moment. for the moment, one, for the moment, one more good year by Mel Tucker, and we're probably <laughs> we're probably like, eh, they're kind of pulling even. They go three straight wins against Michigan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you can you can you can uh, so, shorten that gap pretty quick. I I I'm fast. I'm glad you said that. We that might be a series that that. Of stories that we need to do, like the best rivalry that isn't the main rivalry. Yeah. And I realize for Michigan State, 
you're going to say that is the main rivalry. Yeah. But for Michigan, it's not. But the state of the secondary rivalry. Yes. <laughs> right? Because right. you are right. That is far more intriguing than the Ohio State. It, it has been that way since D'Antonio flipped it uh, a while back. I've always found that rivalry super intriguing. You're always worried there's going to be a fight before the game. Simply, like It's, it's yeah. just one of those. Simply because one school doesn't fully isn't fully invested in it being the main rivalry makes it a and more it, interesting And it makes rivalry. the other school matter. Yes. <laughs> Uh, it, it's great stuff. Michigan, Michigan State is great stuff. Oh, I'm so glad we're talking about actual football. I, this is the time of the year when we usually have to talk about the rules, so I'm glad we're not doing that right now. Eventually we'll get around to that too. Please, I hope we don't. This was a great addition to my little uh, venture, my, 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 the beginning of my yeah, quote-unquote vacation be, into Florida. You, I did not think I'd be cutting think a you'd podcast be in a car. Sitting in a pickup in a truck, truck yes. in, a, uh, in a strip mall recording a podcast. But that is the adventure that is uh, the 352. A podcast can break out any time these days, Andy. That's the, the moral of this story is a podcast could break out at any time. Exactly. And we will talk to you again tomorrow.